Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea, and I'm your host for Inspire on the Go. I'm excited about the chance to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God has in store. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Bethany, it is a new day. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. My dog gave me a little bit of trouble this morning. Oh no, what happened? Well, he uh, he got fixed a Ooh. couple days ago. Oh, poor it's a, dog. It's a very sensitive subject. Yes. So he's in the cone of shame right now. Yes. And I let him out right before I headed your way to come record. And let him outside. When he came back in, he was covered head to toe in mud. Like he'd just gotten it all into him. And it was all over his cone. And so I had to, you know, take a few minutes and clean him up a little bit. But he's a mess. It's awful. He has to be in the cone for like two weeks. Yes. So we have a long road ahead of us. Okay. So I have a confession. Yeah. You know that I had a dog, that our family had a dog for several years. Yes, Lulu. And I talked, you know, extensively about Lulu and how much, you know, Lulu was really for my son and not really for me. Well, this past week, I kind of started missing Lulu. Really? Yes. And I even got online and started looking at other dogs. (laughs) And I told my family the other night at mealtime, and I think everyone dropped their forks at the same time. They're like, Mom, what are you thinking? I'm like, I think it's just because I see like you kids, you know, going off to college and I'm thinking like, you need what is life going to be like, you right. know, after all of these kids go to wherever <laughs> it is that they're going to go. And I thought maybe a lap dog might help that process. If you want to borrow mine, you are more than welcome to at any point. Well, I definitely regrouped yeah. and I was like, <laughs> you know, I think I'm just having a moment here of weakness. I just, you know, I need to just borrow a dog. Yeah. So this is perfect. Bring your dog to my house with the cone of shame yeah. and it'll be a perfect perfect fix for me. Gus will be happy to cuddle with you. (laughs) He'll probably start barking for no reason. He's, he's a mess. My husband and I were asking the other day, we were just like, why did we, why did we start our pets with a dog? Like we should have started with a betta fish, something a little (laughs) bit less like, I don't know, we don't have to commit to as much. Work your way up, right? Right. right. We should have worked up to a dog, but we didn't. I love that you jumped all in. <laughs> That's you. You know, Bethany, we just did. jump all in. We did. It was a You mistake. know, maybe just it's time to add another pet to the <laughs> Oh no. To the family. No. If we get another dog, it will be an outside dog okay. that we don't really have to worry about potty training or you know, teaching not to chew on things. <laughs> We're just gonna have the outside dog. So famous last words. Famous yeah. last words. <laughs> all right. Well, it's a new year and I'm so excited about what God's doing. You know, it's, it is just a new day. And Bethany, I want us to kind of go back and recap what's been happening and kind of talk about some of the transitions and changes. If you listen to our last podcast, you know that big changes are happening here with my ministry as well as with my work with Arkansas Baptist. So let's kind of go back and let's catch everybody up. Uh, in our last conversation together, we talked about how I'm taking a break from radio, mm-hmm. uh, which is how you and I met yeah. and how we have consolidated two podcasts into one podcast. And it's uh, inspire on the go with Andrea Lennon and how an episode will drop every other week and so just creating that margin in my life can we just talk about that for a second yes. oh my goodness oh it's my goodness that we all need really yes but you, I, I just applaud you for that because you are a very busy lady you do a lot of different things and so the the fact that you had the courage honestly to streamline is really impressive to me and so I just applaud you for that because I think that was something that you needed in your life well thank you and like I think sometimes when whenever God is leading you in a direction and you know you need it, but you just don't even know the benefit until you get into the place of obedience. Mm. That has been 
mind blowing for me. I didn't even realize how honestly like stressed I was and how some of the anxiousness that I was experiencing was a product of just all of these expectations, yeah. all of these, you know, to do's. And quite honestly, I'm just going to define it somewhat as busyness. Mm-hmm. And I posted about it on social media. And if you're not following along on social media, I encourage you to, because there's so many side conversations that go along with our podcast yeah. that you will, you know, get to be a part of. And so you can go to my website, andrealinnanministry.org and uh, click on all the different social media links there and join the conversation. Uh, But one thing I talked about was just, you know, everything I was doing was good. I mean, it really was. There wasn't anything that was on the list that I thought that was a time waster, but I had to give up some of those good things to get to what I think God's leading to uh, as as kind of maybe the great things. And that was hard for me because I am a doer. I am a type A. And I only share that because I think people can relate to that. I think there's women out there who would go, you know what, I'm doing probably a lot of good things, but maybe I'm sacrificing the great things that God has. Well, and that's what's hard is that there are so many things in our lives that are so good and are beneficial. And, you know, I don't even know half of it. I don't have kids, but I'm sure for moms listening that have kids involved in a lot of different activities and, you know, you're maybe heavily involved with your church, like all of those things are so good. And so looking at your life and thinking, where do I even begin to slim down or cut back on things just for your, your own well being? where you can do things that are not only great, but do them well and, and put all of your effort into those things. That's really hard. It is hard, but it's a good discipline Mm -hmm. and a new year is a great opportunity to kind of evaluate. And so whenever we recorded our last conversation, we did that prior to the new year. Like we're going to just let you in on this secret. We pre-record, right? And so there's (laughs) no real secret there, but it's just part of it uh, for us. And so we pre-recorded that back in December. And honestly, Bethany, that was before I even had some clarity. Mm-hmm. I knew God was saying, I want you to focus on me. And I want you to focus on um, a few things instead of a lot of things. But I didn't really even know exactly what that meant. And so I took the break, like God creates breaks for us. I took the break and I was like, Lord, I need a word from you. Like, you know, we always get our word for the year. I'm not talking about that word, even though I do have a word I'll share with you. But <laughs> I'm talking about like directional word. Like I, I just, I just need to hear from you through your word, because again, that is our plumb line, Mm -hmm. right? The word of God is, is God's living, breathing, active word that is so good for us to root our lives in because it's not based on emotions or even our perspective on the situation, even though that comes into play, it's God's you know, instruction, it's his guidance, it's his wisdom, it's his plan. And so I just got into the word over uh, the Christmas break and, and just spent a lot of time there. And the Lord took me to Exodus 13 and 14. And it's probably a familiar passage for most of our listeners. You know, it's whenever Moses is leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian captivity and towards the promised land, and they face the Red Sea. Like they face the big moment of faith. Mm -hmm. They, they, they decide, Lord, are we going to trust you? And so I want us to walk through Exodus 13 and 14 and really think about what the Israelites were going through and what they learned in that particular season of their journey and what we can learn from 
our particular season of journey because here's what I believe. Everyone who's listening today, they are in maybe a battle or a fight or in a tight spot, or maybe they're in a place where they're going, okay, I need to realign my purpose with God's purpose. I need to realign with um, his plans and, and have great faith. And so as I've looked at Exodus 13 and 14, the Lord's just, he's just revealed some truths that I want to share with our listeners today. And so uh, let's just pick up in Exodus 13 and let's just notice a couple of things as the Israelites are getting ready to cross the sea. The first thing that I think we have to realize is that whenever the Israelites left Egyptian captivity, the Lord didn't take them on the shortest or fastest route. Like he knew them and he knew that if they went on the fastest route, that they would become scared or afraid mm-hmm. and that they would turn back. And so the fact that God knows us intimately, he knows us better than we know ourselves. So he's taken us on the route that ultimately is for his glory and for our good and for the Israelites. And I think for us too, a lot of times that that isn't necessarily going to be the fastest direction. It's going to sometimes require us to demonstrate great faith that he has a plan. And even though we may not understand the plan, we're going to follow hard after him. Mm -hmm. So Bethany, what do you think about the fact that sometimes God takes us on indirect routes? You know, sometimes it's like the twists and the turns of life. Well, what I kind of am reminded of is, you know, on mountains, you'll see switchbacks. It looks really ineffective when you're just looking at it from kind of a, a I don't know, wide angle, you can see all of these zigzag patterns and it's like, okay, how, how on earth would that be effective? It'll take forever. It it does take longer. Why would you, why would you do that? But it's the best and the safest way to get up or to get down Mm. a mountain. And so I just view that as um, an example of God's faithfulness and his direction in our lives. Sometimes from our perspective, we're thinking this doesn't make sense. This is going to take forever. It'll be a a difficult and, and frustrating experience, but it is the best route just from once we're on it, we can see it, you know, but from our perspective at the time, we just don't see it that way. And the route sometimes reveals our motives. Mm-hmm. It sometimes it, it reveals our character. Yeah. And so it becomes a refining process, yeah. you know, and I talk about this on in On the Road with Ruth, uh, where I talk about the waiting process and how ultimately the journey is just as important as the destination. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we just put our eyes on the destination and we go, we just want that and we want it right, right now. But it's the process of the journey that actually refines our character so that we can rightly possess that destination, which we see through the concept of the promised land. God was preparing the people. Uh, He was preparing the children of Israel to be a set-apart nation so that they could display the difference that uh, the one true God made among Mm -hmm. a people. And so their character, their, you know, fortitude meant everything in that process. And so God's so faithful to take us on the route uh, that best you know, glorifies and honors him and protects us. And so I just think that's worth noting. Yeah. And that's where, you know, the faith comes in because it doesn't have to make sense to us. We just have to be obedient in that moment and, and follow him. Yep. And the next thing that we see in Exodus 13 is that God led them in a supernatural way. So he's taking them on this journey. He's not necessarily taking them via the fastest route, but he's providing everything that they need. And so what scripture tells us in verse 21 is that he led them by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now we 
read that and we think, oh, that's a great story. But put yourself in that place. Like you are seeing a cloud (laughs) that's saying, this is the way to go. You're seeing a, a light that says, this is the way to go. And I just am reminded of God's faithfulness in his just interaction with his people, Mm -hmm. which reminds us that we can trust him with our hearts. Like it's not just a matter of, well, he's God and I'm not, and he knows what's best and I don't, which that is very true, but he loves us so much that he literally provides everything that we need. And so as we're looking at a new year, we're going, okay, God, this may be a hard year. This may be an overwhelming year. I may not know exactly where we're going, but I know Lord that I can trust you with my life. I can trust you with my heart. I can trust you with every single step that you're calling me to take. Well, and going back to what you were saying earlier about just the Lord knowing us intimately, it's amazing how God knew the Israelites needed a visual representation of him being with them and him guiding them and leading them. And so God could have, you know, appeared to them in any range of ways, but he chose such a huge, massive, impressive way to lead the Israelites with the pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And you just think he didn't have to do that, but he knew that's what the people needed in that moment. And I think about the word of God and how that is our cloud by day and our pillar of fire by night, because sometimes we are like, we wish it was that obvious, but what we have is so powerful. We have the word of God. We have the spirit of God. We have the community of believers that he has placed around us. And we have, you know, the, the specific calling on our life. And so we're not out in the desert wandering aimlessly. At least we don't have to be. God has given us everything that we need so that we can walk with purpose and walk with passion. And I think that as I'm coming out of 2019, going into 2020, I'm so excited about that, you know, to know that we can walk in purpose and we can walk with passion and it can be a meaningful life that is rewarding and fulfilling and honestly like a difference making kind of existence like that's what we want we want to leverage our lives for his story for his glory and so you know whenever I see what God is setting up here in Exodus 13 and as we move into Exodus 14 I'm thinking like we need to be on the edge of our seats watching what takes place in this story because it's a beautiful picture of the life that we have the opportunity to live and to lead. Yeah, exactly. And we can see so clearly so many applications. That's what I love about the Word of God is that there's so many little things in this story that we can apply to our lives. It doesn't matter how long ago it happened. It's still so relevant here in 2020. Absolutely. So he didn't take them on the fastest route. He led them in a supernatural way. And then I want you to see what happens in chapter 14, verse 1. He positioned them for victory by putting them in a tight spot. Mm. So he actually leads them to go and encamp by the sea. So they're actually kind of pinned in, in a sense, if you can imagine being kind of like there's no exit route. Right. And so uh, he he's positioning them for victory by putting them in a tight spot because what he's doing is he's actually frustrating the plans of Pharaoh, even though Pharaoh thinks <laughs> that he is frustrating the plans of God. Like that's a word for us, yeah. right? Because God is sovereign, he's providential, he's purposeful, he is above all things, he's directing all things. And so Pharaoh, who was the leader of Egypt, he sends the he sends the Israelites on their way, but then he changes his mind and he goes after 
after them. And so the Israelites are sitting there and they're kind of like sitting ducks, yeah. you know, uh, it's like, oh my goodness, what, what is going to happen here? And the Israelites see the Egyptians coming at them and they're naturally terrified, right? right? As anybody, would as be. anybody <laughs> would be, they're naturally overwhelmed by yeah. this. They're naturally thinking, why in the world are we here? We're like sitting ducks, but this is whenever Moses makes a proclamation of faith uh, to the Israelite people. And he does that in chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And this is what he says in verse 13, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need to only be still. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that is so powerful. So like, how do you be still in that moment, right? Because here is this army coming at you and Moses is saying, you're going to see the deliverance, but there's only one way out and yeah. that's through the sea, right? right? That's through this Red Sea. And so we know that Moses is also a little bit overwhelmed by this. And I'm so thankful that that is the case because if he didn't, we would want <laughs> wonder like Moses <laughs> you, you okay up there buddy yeah what you thinking right now because he immediately goes to the Lord and he's like what do I do yeah. what do I do and we know this because of verse 4 or 15 because the Lord said to Moses why are you crying out to me uh, tell the Israelites to move on and so that is the picture of what I think God's telling all of us, you know, we can be still and we can know that he is God. We can stand in his deliverance, but we do have to take the step of faith. We do have to move on. And so uh, we know the rest of the story that Moses raises his staff, that the Red Sea parts, that the Israelites go through on dry ground. And imagine the Israelites walking through that incredible Red Sea experience and they see the water pulled back on every side. They see that they're walking on dry ground. They get to the other side. And then we know what happens next, Mm -hmm. that the Israelites uh, watch the Egyptians come through uh, that uh, same path, but the waters come over them and they are washed away. And so the next thing that the Israelites see are the Egyptians um, and they have been they have been killed and they're on the sides of uh, the the sea there. And so we see that God's moving in a supernatural way, but it wasn't necessarily easy, right? right? It wasn't necessarily the path they would have chosen, but it was the path God had for them. Well, I love the Israelites' response to Moses at the very beginning of the story when they see the Egyptians coming because they, they say to Moses, were there not enough graves in Egypt that you took us away to die in the wilderness? Yes. They, they yeah. basically said, so there weren't enough places for us to be buried in Egypt. So that's why you took us out here. They're, they're basically blaming Moses for their death is, yes. is what they're saying. Yeah. And so I just think it's funny that that was their first response when just in the chapter earlier, it's described that, like we said earlier, God has led them by a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud. So they have this visual representation that God is with them. And yet they still immediately fall back into that fear and and into that natural panic, which I think all of us have dealt with. But um, when I was reading this chapter, what I did is I circled all the times that the Lord's name is mentioned and that all the times where God says, I will do this and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord, all those times. And if you look in my Bible right now, there's a lot of circles. There's a lot of times that the Lord's name is mentioned. So through this whole story, God is all over it. His sovereignty is very, very apparent. And so I think this is a really powerful chapter for us to read when we're going through something 
stressful and difficult and frustrating. Yeah. So two things that you bring up there that I want us to really dig into. Number one, just the fear of the yeah. unknown. Like that is so real. And I, like, I don't want anyone to feel bad about experiencing some fear or some, you know, just anxious thoughts even. It's it's okay to have those. It's just what we do with them, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so we've got to take them to the Lord. We've got to acknowledge them. We've got to take them to the Lord. We've got to pray about them. We've got to claim a scripture over them. We've got to move on from that place. And so that's the first thing, like if you are experiencing some fear, if you're experiencing some anxious thoughts, if there's just some overwhelming situation going on in your life where it's like bringing up every like lack of belief in you, (laughs) that's okay because it's showing you, it's reminding you that you need God. And that's a, that's a great reminder for us. Uh, At the same time, we cannot rest in that. We cannot rest in that unbelief or disbelief because if we do, what will grow is anxiousness and worry and overwhelming, you know, situations and circumstances. And so we've got to just dig deep into what Moses is learning here and what he's proclaiming to the people. God's going to move on your behalf. Mm -hmm. And I love the second thing that you brought up, which is kind of what we have to keep in mind in the midst of our journeys here on this earth is that ultimately it's about God's glory, right? Ultimately it's about the furtherance of his name. Ultimately it's about his kingdom come, his will be done. So when we leverage our lives for his story, like that's going to need to be our heartbeat, Mm -hmm. not the outcome for us necessarily, but so much more the outcome of his renown and Mm -hmm. his name. And when that becomes the driving force of our life, we will know how to both be still and move on at the same time. And I think that's where like counting the cost comes in. We know what it takes to follow Jesus. There's going to be some difficult things in our life. Um, There might be some things that we have to give up. There might even be a time where it costs us our lives. But when you count the cost of following Christ, it doesn't really become about you. It becomes about what you said, his renown, his glory, and his story being known throughout the whole world. And God's got us uh, in that situation hemmed in, in into him right. because something that happens that I forgot to mention, but I have got to mention because it's so beautiful is that whenever, you know, Moses raised his arm and raised his staff and the part, the water was parted, the angel of the Lord and the pillar of cloud that had been leading them moved from the front of the Israelites to the back. Yes, to, I noticed ah, that. I love that. Isn't that gorgeous? That's such a beautiful, like image to have in your head of God not only leads you, but he's also got your back. He's behind you, protecting you and pressing forward. Yes. And what I think about exactly what you just said is like, I think God goes to the most vulnerable place in our life and he centers his protection on that spot. Hmm. Like, and so if you're in a situation where you are overwhelmed because you do not know fill in the blank, or you're worried, fill in the blank, or if you are struggling, fill in the blank, know that God's presence, his word, his power, it goes to that spot and it fills that gap. He never leaves us without his protection, but we've got to surrender to Mm -hmm. it. Like we've got to come under that authority. We've got to come under the name. We've got to come under the word. And whenever we do that, he literally covers us and he, he guides us. And so just such a beautiful picture whenever that 
that, you know, angel of the Lord and that pillar of cloud went to the most vulnerable spot and created a barrier between the Israelites and the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. And, and and so at no point were the Israelites really even in danger. Right. Like when we read the story, we think, wow, this is dangerous because like it's crazy yeah. what happens here. They're walking here. into an ocean. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are sea, literally yeah. walking into it. And the Egyptians are well armed and they're well skilled and they had skin in the game right because the Israelites they were their workhorse in a sense like that they were they were their slaves and so they wanted the Israelites back in Egypt but God had a different plan and God's plan ultimately prevailed and so like I think we've just got to remember that we are fighting from a position of victory Mm -hmm. when we realize we're fighting from a position of victory it changes our perspective it changes how we walk through our day it changes what the win is it changes the direction of our focus and so like that's a good reminder as we move into a new year well and such a, a good example too of the sovereignty of God and how we we need to have a different perspective when it comes to hard things because it says several times in the chapter that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. He was the one that honestly caused this and allowed it to happen. And so I think we sometimes can feel like God has abandoned us when we go through difficult circumstances or just feel like he's far off and and isn't aware. And we have to remember that it's even through the hard things and the difficult things that God not only allows but works for his glory so that, again, it's all for his name and his now. Yeah. And so God was doing so many things in this story. So we have to remember that God was doing multiple things here. Like he was protecting the Israelites. He was positioning them for victory, no doubt. He was showing the Egyptians that, hey, I'm the one true God, but he was also building the faith of the Israelites because what we see uh, in this passage of scripture is that they saw the power of the Lord. The Israelites, they saw the power, they saw the might, they saw the ability, and they were going to need to know that as they continued on this journey towards the promised land. They were going to need to know that the God they serve, he is a mighty God. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why I think we have to go back to the very first point that we made. God doesn't always take us on the shortest route. Sometimes he takes us on that long path because he's going to display his greatness. He's going to display his goodness. He's going to display his power in the midst of that journey. And so what we see at the end of this story is that the people feared God. Uh, They trusted God. And they also saw that God was with Moses. And they put their trust in Moses because Moses was God's servant. And so as we think about our lives, as we think about our stories, as we think about not only 2020, but so much beyond that, we need to ask the question, do I regularly see the work of God in my life? Mm. Like, can I tangibly say, I saw the Lord, like I trust the Lord, I am placing my faith in the Lord. And and there's two really outcomes that we need to measure. Number one, if the answer is no, then we've got to just ask the question, why not? Because God doesn't change, right? He's moving, he's alive, he's active. But what about our faith? What about our focus? What about our vision? The encouragement for us is probably like, we need to move on. There's probably some things we need to move on from so that we can experience that. And maybe that means, like we talked about at the beginning of the program, slimming down, cutting back on a few things, or honestly just evaluating where we're at spiritually. Like, where have we gotten lazy? Where have we sacrificed our time with the Lord for things that don't matter eternally, which 
I mean, uh, raise your hand. Like we're all yes. guilty of that. Yes. yes. But I think that's such a, a true point. We have to kind of evaluate ourselves first because you're right. God does not change. That's right. That's right. And he wants to show his glory. Mm-hmm. Like whenever we pray, Lord, show me your glory. We're, we're playing, we are praying in agreement with him. Yeah. He is all down with that. And so like, we just don't need to wonder if just like a marginal kind of, you know, okay, kind of, you know, just enough freedom life is his plan. Oh, no. The full, free, abundant life is that it is over and above what we can create. It's over and above, you know, what we can, you know, dream even, but it's his plan. And so we've got to move on from some things that are holding us back so that we can step into the victory that he has for us. And so uh, that's my first encouragement is that we need to ask, is this happening in our life? If not, why not? If it is, praise the Lord, continue to press on right there. Uh, We also need to understand the power source. Like, you know, nothing in Exodus 13 or 14 really was uh, dependent upon Moses or the Israelites. Mm -hmm. Like, God was the power source. He was the one paving the way. He was the one giving instruction. He was the one, you know, going before them and making the path straight. So we have to make sure that we crucify self-reliance or even Mm self-sufficiency or even like our our own plan, like thinking, oh, this is what my year should look like, or this is what my life should look like. No, like that, that we would really live out Romans 12, 1, that our life really would be a, a living sacrifice, yeah. holy and pleasing to him, and that that would be our act of worship, not like our act of getting things from him or our act of trying to like have this partnership, but our act of truly worshiping him in spirit and truth. And so we've got to move on. We've got to understand our power source. Uh, you know what, Bethany? The Lord was just reminding me as an application from today's podcast is don't be afraid of the tight spot Hmm. we run from it we do we don't really like them yeah well it's an an easy excuse to move on to something different and kind of it's kind of an escapism type thing of finding yourself in a difficult circumstance and okay what is the easiest quickest best way for me to get out of this and I think our American culture sets us up for that because Mm -hmm. there are so many opportunities to do different things and also like we have a lot of resources when you think about the rest of the world but where we see God moving in incredible ways is not necessarily here in America it's in other parts of the world where there is persecution right uh, where there is the underground church where there is um you know what, at the risk of your life, you speak the name of Jesus and God is moving. He is moving. And so we can't be afraid of that tight spot. We've got to go, okay, Lord, you know, what are you teaching me in this tight spot? And how are you positioning me for victory through the tight spot? Right. And, and I agree with you that we have to not run from that tight spot, but we have to look for opportunities to speak the name of, of Jesus boldly, even if it means, not necessarily persecution, but we just don't necessarily fit in with our coworkers. Yes. Or, you know, it it may ruffle a few feathers at Thanksgiving when we ask to pray over the food or something like that. You know, that's okay. We shouldn't run away from that kind of conversation that might have to happen because you never know what the Lord could use. The Lord could use a difficult circumstance or conversation to lead somebody to Christ or honestly just grow you in your faith and in your boldness. Yeah. 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 And then as he puts you in 
that tight spot. No, he's not going to put you there to leave you there. Right. Right. And so there's actually a victory that's going to come through that. Mm -hmm. So you got to look for the move on opportunities and they're, they may not make sense, right? Yeah. It may be through that Red Sea experience. It may be a great step of faith. It may be a, a point where you go, okay, I'm literally going all in. Yeah. And we've used that phrase here before, like I'm all in. He's all in with us. We know that through the through the cross. We don't have to question. We don't have to wonder. But the question sometimes is, are we all in with him? So we've got to just take that big step of faith. The whole time that we've been talking, I've been thinking about um, a song that's called Red Sea Road from Ellie Holcomb. Have you heard that song? I've not. Okay, I'm going to have to play it for you okay. later. It's yeah. so good. But one of my favorite lyrics in the whole song is that where he leads us to go, there's a Red Sea Road. That's mm. how she describes it. And it's just about following Christ no matter what the cost and that he always provides a way for us to move forward and a way out, honestly. There's always that Red Sea experience that we can go through that's difficult and frustrating and scary, but there's a road that we can follow mm. him on. Yeah, and that's just the perfect summation of what we've been talking about today. So the last point I want to leave with you is do not be afraid. Mm. Do not be afraid. Rest in the victory that's already provided. It's literally on the other side of that Red Sea moment. And when you get there, because of God's faithfulness, you are going to get there. You're going to be able to look back and see how he led you every step of the way. So my friends, as we move into 2020, let's do two things. Let's stand firm in the deliverance of the Lord. And as we stand in Him, let's move on in obedience and faith. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.